here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, they hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Today, on this crisp November day here in Austin, I am joined again by our guest co-host for the month, Brent. How are you doing? What is going on, Brent? I am doing fairly well. I uh, have no complaints. I've moved my light this time, so uh, the lighting is much nicer in the background for everyone viewing uh, in the future. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I feel in good health here in France. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. Brett and I have been on the phone so far for 90 minutes today. Uh, I've had an absolute blast talking to you about what life is like running an agency. We were talking about that. What's it like managing clients? Uh, we've been talking about Amazon PPC updates. And we probably should have, should have hit record in the beginning there. It's probably a lot of gems that we could have shared. <laughs> oh, we did write some things down, at least. We wrote some things down, and hopefully we get to them in the next few weeks. So again, in case you missed last episode, I'm going to do my part to pump you up, Brent. Brent is one of my favorite marketers in the Amazon advertising world. Uh, he's one of my uh, peers. We've been talking about what life is like running a company with PPC services in it for years, and you are the founder of the Amazon advertising agency, AMZ Pathfinder, uh, which does, you know, it really meshes well with our junk, or with our sort of jungle animal theme that we have going over here at Ad Badger. Um, unfortunately, I actually don't think badgers live in a jungle. Um, I think they live in... <laughs> Forests, uh, more North- forest animals. They're yeah, f- yeah, less less temperate, more uh, deciduous. I guess the, the, yeah. the forests of North America and the desert, the savanna of Africa, the, where the honey badger lives. Um, so I think we need to uh, hire a nature consultant to help us out <laughs> with where the badgers live. Um, so I'm really stoked about today's topic, um, and this topic is half public service announcement. It is half experience share, and it is half just gosh darn good advice to help you improve your campaigns. Um, There's all kinds of people out there, Brent. People that make decisions, we might not understand why they make them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's people that, uh, I don't know, don't wear their seatbelts. Or uh, maybe it's people who... um, I don't know. I can't think of I can't think of many good examples. I want to say don't maybe like don't like ice in their drink in the in the, in the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't like so ice. One in of it. those people. I can don't I, know who they are. Can but. I have a, can I have a warm iced tea, please? <laughs> yeah. So there's all kinds of people out there, and one thing that we're going to be talking about are people, 
in the Amazon advertising world who do not use negative keywords. So Brent, you've, you've, this is actually really interesting because I've had experiences with people uh, where they brought up that they don't use negative keywords. And I mentioned this offhand, and you you also mentioned it. And these people are not, uh, you know, these are these are professional Amazon marketers. I've heard this from. Yeah. Uh, I've heard this from a lot of different people. You know, when did you first hear about this that people don't use negatives? Uh, it must be at least three years ago. Now. Really? Uh, yeah, a long a long time ago. Yeah. And in what context did they, did like this get brought up? Like, how how did this get brought up? It was initially the first time I heard about this was probably with a call, uh, on a call with a prospect mm-hmm. or someone we were like angling to work with or talking to and kind of getting a feel for how things are managed. Because one question we always want to uh, figure out, ask, you know, find out the, the real details on is, you know, who has managed this account so far and what has been their approach? Mm-hmm. What's been their mindset? What's been their methodology? And sometimes people have really, really great systems in place and, you know, we can come in and build off that quite easily. And other times, they do things that are a bit puzzling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this would fall into category number two. Mm-hmm. So it came up during one of those conversations where the person, I don't remember their name or even the account, but they had said, uh, yeah, we just don't add negatives because we're worried about you know X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll get to those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I first heard it about a year ago. Uh, I was actually interviewing someone for a position to work at Ad Badger and Manage Campaigns. And I asked them the question, you know, what would you do with an underperforming broad match keyword? You know, just basically a broad match keyword that's just not performing well. And I was waiting uh, for them to say, you know, bid optimization and add negatives. And uh, because it's a broad match, you're showing up for dozens or potentially hundreds of different things, just all kinds of different things. Um, So, you know, you need to bid optimize it and you need to look through that list. Uh, and it just like didn't didn't register. Like I was like, okay, so after a bit optimization, would you do anything else? Uh, and it just this person just doesn't add negatives. And since then, I've heard it multiple more times uh, over the last year. Um, so we sort of wanted to address that and talk about why it is a good idea to add negatives. Uh, and sort of, you know. You had some experience too with you know having a conversation with uh, why you know when people that you were talking to that don't add negatives, mm-hmm. what their reasoning was, and I thought it was a pretty interesting reason. Yeah, so folks who express this opinion, this viewpoint, the primary reason that stands out in my mind was they were scared of by setting a negative, um, they were going to send a signal to the platform, in this case, Amazon's you know, ad, ad, bid, ad management, ad bidding platform, that they aren't relevant for something. So mm-hmm. that's essentially, you know, you're saying, we don't want to show up for this. So their, I guess, extension of that thought, of that belief is, we don't want to teach Amazon something that isn't true because we are relevant for this particular word. Let's say they're blocking a relevant term, mm-hmm. but maybe the, the ROAS on that is really poor and they're doing poor on it from a ROI, ROI perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was their main rationale. Yeah, I've I've seen that. You know, that happens a lot. You look through the search term report and you have a relevant term. So like, let's say I'm selling running shoes and the term is uh, durable men's running shoes, for example. So they, they like that term. It's relevant. But let's say it's got 
$50 of ad spend, $100 of ad spend without a single order. So it's relevant, but metrics-wise, it's just not performing. So in a situation like that, people that don't add negatives would not negate that word. Instead, they would continue bidding on it, but just give it a low bid to send a signal to Amazon. Hey, I'm relevant for this. I'm just bidding nice and low. Uh, That is the belief uh, of why some people don't add negatives. So it's just not converting. They spent a whole bunch of money on it. Um, So does that mean, Brent, that same person would, or, you know, I don't know if you asked them this, but would they have added a negative if it was irrelevant, meaning it had $100 in spend without an order? In a situation like that, would they go ahead and negate it? That's a good question because mm-hmm. I tried to put myself in their shoes and try to imagine what mindset they're bringing into this, which is always you know uh, difficult to do if you have such a set way you think things should be done to mm-hmm. you know, kind of empathize and turn that around. But my sense is um, maybe they would pause those instead of adding negatives. And maybe we're talking about like an exact match term, but uh, yeah, maybe if they're if they're doing a lot of mining in their search term reports and really doing a, a dedicated analysis of what's in there. They may have this belief that, well, you know, it showed up for a term that I put in and it's close-ish. Maybe it's not directly relevant. So what I'll do instead is just put that to two cents. That's usually the example that's given in the Amazon world because in sponsored products, I believe two cents is the lowest you can go. So they're going to say, uh, I, I want to be in the auction room, but I'm mm-hmm. going to be at the back of the room with my hand up like like this. And I'm not going to be yelling, mm-hmm. $400. I'm going to be yelling, two cents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this. Um, so it's a very like uh, uh, passive approach to mm-hmm. like bidding on a term. But yeah. I don't know the definitive answer, but that would be my guess is they would still want to lower it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, this fits into a entire world of, you know, superstitious PPC optimization or superstitious or, or, or sort of uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, Magical thinking. Right. You know, we... I, I've talked about it, it this on the show. You know, I, I think a I think a good example of it is aged campaigns I like better than brand new ones. Like if I had a if I had to pick, should I be optimizing an existing campaign or should I just nuke it and create a brand new one? I all I try to opt to keep the old one and improve it as opposed to nuking it. The only time I would ever nuke it and create a brand new one is if it's really bad and it's actually been sending bad signals, uh, bad signals of like bidding for keywords that were relevant and all those, mm-hmm. all those different things. So that's a superstition. Amazon, and the reason I, I call it sort of a, a superstition or just sort of habit, and I think that one is so common, it, it's sort of best practice, uh, the idea of aged, aged things versus brand new things uh, is simply because... Uh, you know, you you start a new keyword somewhere else in your campaign with the same product that it, it was, but just because it's new, it's like takes some time to ramp up type thing. Um, and the reason, it, you know, that it's sort of like unofficial is because Amazon hasn't said and confirmed this. Um, so it's, it's this, this whole category of things where it's sort of unconfirmed, but happens enough to see that it's best practice. People that don't use negatives... I don't think there's good evidence to not add negatives. Um, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, you want to be in the auction room, so you want to bid nice and low, so you're not spending money on it um, because it's not profitable. 
I actually believe you are sending a bad signal by doing that uh, in the sense of um, if you have something that you're bidding on and you're getting impressions, but maybe not clicks uh, and, and, you know, you, you aren't, you know, pushing it and you aren't optimizing it. And it's just sort of this old stagnant keyword. I actually, I would actually think that's a, uh, negative signal because the reason it got there to the two cent bid is because it wasn't performing well. So by continuing mm-hmm. to have that historical data for that keyword that has not been performing well for a long time, I actually believe that to be a negative signal, um, and that, that they're continue continuing to enter that auction. So it's almost you know sending a signal like, hey, this hasn't had a good click through rate, this hasn't had a good conversion rate. Amazon knows this, and they want to serve things that get lots of clicks and lots of orders. Uh, a good click-through rate and a good conversion rate. And if this keyword wasn't, and it hasn't been, uh, then I, I, do, I think you're sending a weak signal to Amazon. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I agree with that mm-hmm. entirely. I also think that it looks bad. You know, it's like a health mm-hmm. and safety rate, uh, uh, violation. <laughs> you, right. have, um, you have all these like low bid keywords just hanging around in your ad groups. And then when you're in there and... Um, even a bulk file, you're going to see all these entries for these things. Mm-hmm. Like, get these out of here. Um, but especially if you're in the actual advertising console interface, you have all these kind of like noise interference mm-hmm. and that's like additional mental load and stress on you as the optimizer, the person involved with it. So I think that there's also that component, uh, however small that is, I think that's an also a real aspect of this too. Mm-hmm. So we do not believe, uh, and you know, this, these are two of our separate companies with all of the the clients that we have uh, and all the customers we have, we do not believe that it is a good idea to not add negatives, meaning it is a good idea to use negatives. And I wanted to just, let's get a quick recap of what, when we say negatives, actually are. Alrighty, what is a negative? Uh, so a lot of times we will say the word negative keywords, uh, there's also negative targets. So the most common place is a negative keyword. You know, it, uh, Amazon really operates around keywords for the most part. They're, they're still a lot more popular in people's minds than uh, product targeting. So Brent, walk us through uh, what a negative phrase is for keyword-based campaigns. Sure. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if the, the word targeting will ever really take off like Amazon wants it to, but they mm-hmm. want us to call targets for ASINs and keywords, but right. people still say keywords mm-hmm. and so do we. Right. But you know, to go back to the idea of a negative keyword, because you're not going to have a negative phrase for an ASIN, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the running shoes example, I guess if you put shoe in, you're going to cancel out anything that has running shoe, durable running shoe, yellow shoe, mm-hmm. shoe for women, all those things are going to be eliminated. And I think maybe one of the things people are afraid of when they don't want to add negatives is that they've added phrase and they mistakenly did so and then ruined a campaign and didn't realize exactly what they were doing. That's one other theory I have in this. Without a doubt, I've seen that, uh, unfortunately, too much. Um, Especially uh, people that use tools, sometimes they will set up a negative keyword automation to... If something hits, you know, 20 clicks without an order, add it as a negative phrase, which is not really what you want to do, because then you're blocking 
all kinds of things. So, yeah. you know, if, if maybe running shoes uh, wasn't performing well, got 30 clicks without an order, you had that as a negative phrase. Now, all of a sudden, you may be profitable on men's running shoes and women's running shoes and kids running shoes, but just not running shoes. But when you've added negative phrase running shoes, you just blocked all things with the word running shoes inside right. of it. So that's a big issue. And I, and I do think that's, that, that's some of the hesitation. So hopefully this clears it up. I, uh, before we get to sort of best practice, negative phrase, negative exact. Can, uh, what, so conversely, Brent, what is mm-hmm. negative exact? Well, negative exact doesn't leave any room for, uh, you know, interpretation. It's the one that we use, I would say, 95% mm-hmm. of the time, whereas yep. phrase is used sparingly. And that's just, this is the exact search term uh, that, that has been entered, and we're going to put that in as a negative, and it'll block that and only that. Um, I think the only exception there would be plurals, right? Plurals, so yep. as we've learned on Amazon, I'm sure you've done episodes mm-hmm. about this. You know, if you have uh, running shoe, running shoes, if you put running shoe, as a negative, that is also going to block running shoes, yes. unfortunately, mm-hmm. because sometimes the performance does differ. Yes. But that's about as open as to interpretation as it can be. Uh, otherwise, it's exact. Yes. All those people buying uh, one running shoe. as I, Classic. Yeah. Um, so uh, agreed. If you are adding negative keywords, most of them are going to be negative exact. Most of them that you see in your search term report, and then you don't like it, so you add it as a negative, should be negative exact like that search wasn't performing well you block just that search so irrelevant and unprofitable things you want to add that thing that just was misbehaving badly and then you put that as a negative exact uh when so you mentioned about 90 percent of your negatives are negative exact tell me about the 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 rarer use of negative phrasing when do you use negative phrases Great example would be brand. So we typically split out campaigns for brands uh, of our clients in their own areas. That's mm-hmm. to segment the spend, segment the results, because obviously those ACOS values are always far lower, mm-hmm. uh, typically, not always, yeah. but enough that we want to see the breakout and distinction between them. So we use negatives as basically uh, you know, traffic police. They're, they're, they're just there to clean up that branded uh, spend that might sneak into phrase or broad or more open match types. Uh, in other places. So that's a great way to just keep that out of there. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think it's cool to also use negative phrases if you almost like you want to block an entire uh, vein of searches. So let's say I'm selling running shoes and my running shoes are not made for the track and they're not made for the trail. I could do negative phrase trail so that way, anything related to trail running, I would not appear for. Um, so I, I would do like wholesale blocking of that. Uh, that's when I like to use negative phrase. Uh, also, if you notice, you know, hey, I have six search terms here. Each one wasn't performing well, but I noticed that there's a common word in all of them. And mm-hmm. if you notice that trend, then you would add a negative phrase. So in short, you want to be really intentional about when you use negative phrase most of the time, you want to use negative exact or like kids. Like I'm, I'm, I sell running shoes, but I don't sell kids running shoes or any product related to children. So I would do negative phrase children, negative phrase kids, negative phrase toddler, whatever. And I would block all of those things. Um, it, you know, those negative phrases is why um, a lot of companies uh, use universal negatives. Um, so this would be just terms you would never want to appear for. I know some companies use like 
you know, negative phrase XXX because uh, they would net they would don't have, they don't sell anything adult related. So they just sort of include that just in case they're selling like, uh, you know, just in case that could come up. Um, right. So, and that actually reminds me of something, which is this shared negative list, which is a feature we do not have in right. Amazon, but mm-hmm. is from the, the Google world. Yep. And we maintain negative lists for some clients because when we build out a new campaign, if you do it in bulk, you can easily add it. Or if you go in the interface later, you can easily add it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those seed negatives, which is kind of a strange concept, but they're like the negatives you set up from the beginning. Yep. You're just automatically blocking wasted spend that you already from other campaigns have learned is a no-go yeah uh and so those are a great example for phrase because it's it's hard to predict all the tens of thousands of keywords you're going to get in there and then put them in exact yep. but if you can do like five phrase that will mm. cover a huge swath of things that's that's a great start big time so we've got negative phrase negative exact and one reason people don't uh mess with negatives is because they feel like hey, I've added negative phrase in the past and it messed me up a lot. Uh, so be sure to use negative exacts most of the time. Uh, you want to be really intentional about when you add negative phrases. Um, you know, within the last, uh, it's been around for, you know, over a year in uh, product targeting ad groups, but we have also have negative product targeting, negative ASINs. Um, and how do these work, Brent? Well, this is even a separate sub tab when you're in the actual advertising yep. console interface. Um, and you can add these in bulk, I think, too, like to, you know, through bulk files, but also as a list you upload. But this is essentially a negative exact, and it's just for ASINs. Um, and actually, an interesting thing I learned just the other day, Mike, the ASINs for books are just like straight up numbers. They're not, they don't have letters in them. They don't start with B0. Uh, and those can also be added as negatives hmm. or keywords. Um, I've had it work recently. I've tried it with an account. So yeah, I mean, that, that it, fu- it functions the same. ASINs uh, or book SKUs, whatever. They're just a series of numbers. It's strange. Is that the ISBN? I don't think it's the ISBN. It's an Amazon, some kind of hmm. Amazon string that's in there. Okay. Um, but anyway, not to digress too much. Yes. But the idea is you're just negating out a product. So you're mm-hmm. not going to be showing up... Um, you know, on the product or following this product around, as it were, on Amazon. So it's the same thing as a negative exact, but just for a product, I suppose. Right. So we've got negative phrases, negative exact words, uh, and then we've got negative ASINs. Now, I wanted to take sort of a a quick, uh, almost like we are road tripping across America, and we need to stop and like look out the window and be like, oh, there's Mount Rushmore. we should stop and talk about the behavior of broad match keywords, phrase match keywords, category targeting, automatic targeting. Essentially, all of these things, you're you're showing up for a wide variety of things. So if you're bidding on, you know, phrase match running shoes to continue to use this example, running shoes, uh, if you're bidding on phrase match running <laughs> shoes, you're appearing for men's running shoes, kids' running shoes, um, trail running shoes, uh, running shoes that glow in the dark, running shoes for cold weather, all different kinds of things you are entering that auction room. And same thing with category targeting. You know, I could target a category, you know, uh, automotive uh, coverings, and then I could appear for all different ASINs inside of that. So 
anytime you have, and, and I'd lump these all into one categorization, broad phrase, category, automatic targeting, I call that research-based um, or uh, you know, non-exact targeting because you are bidding on something like the entire category and that's as refined as you are meaning you, you're potentially showing up for dozens or you know, hundreds of the products inside the category, or if you're bidding on running shoes, you're, you're going to appear for you know, the dozens or hundreds of different searches for probably high, super high volume, single word phrases. It could be thousands of different things. So I refer to this as just research-based uh, targeting where you're, just, uh, you know, you're, you're planting a seed and it's going to sprout in many different directions. Is there a word you use, Brent, to describe this this kind of targeting where you're not bidding on an exact thing? Um, I think just research would, yeah. would be would be the way to, to phrase it. But I also talk to the team and, and you know clients about like open match types versus like closed right. ones. I, I would call uh, automatic the most open match type, and mm-hmm. broad is there, and then phrase, and then um, well, I guess we have broad match modified now too, but yep. there's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And so the ones that are more open or I guess to the left of the spectrum and the ones that are more exact or to the right in my kind of visualization of it in my mind. Mm-hmm. You want to nerd out real quick? Uh, a metric that was uh, somewhat popular in Google Ads, uh, mm-hmm. the Lynn Rodnitsky ratio. Uh, <clears throat> these two guys, Mr. Lynn and Mr. Rodnitsky, uh, essentially, they have a ratio of how many orders you got from exact match as a ratio compared to how many orders you've got from open match or research based match. And it, it's a it's a description of how tight your targeting is. And essentially, it's a range. You don't want it super tight where all you have are exact match and ASIN targeting, but you also don't want it so loose that the majority of your orders are coming from things that you aren't actually bidding on that specific thing. Because if, if you look at a phrase match keyword, you're getting good performance on it. Don't forget that performance is the average of all the things that it's appearing for. Um, so there's an argument to be made that, you know, you're probably overbidding on half the stuff and you're underbidding on half the stuff that you're appearing for. And if you have a perfect bid, it's actually the average of all the performance. So it's a little little interesting ratio to, to, to describe how tight or loose an account is. So we have these loose targeting, you know, open match, research-based targeting. I think open match is a really nice way to think about it. And when you bid on that, you're bidding the same for all the things that you're appearing for. Now, this is where negatives come in. If, you're, if your performance in broad phrase category automatic is good or bad, it can be made even better by using negatives. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of reasons here to add negatives to improve performance. I'm ready to go rapid fire down this list. Number one, uh, I think one nice little improvement is you get to reduce your wasted ad spend. Uh, Meaning you get to find things that are getting clicks, but not orders. Simple. So, you know, when you look through your search term report, you're going to find things that have 20 clicks, no order, 30 clicks, no orders, 40 clicks, no orders. You're going to be able to identify them and trim them out. And you might also find a whole bunch of two click no orders, three click no orders that you're like, wait a second, I don't even need to wait for this to go to 30 clicks in order for it to be a poor performer. I can just find it right now. It's irrelevant. Um, So irrelevant, unprofitable things, huge. That's my first reason. My second reason, uh, that money that you were just spending on 30 clicks no orders 
Guess what happens to that now? Now it's going to go towards better things. So it's a way to improve your A cost. You are literally shifting dollars from bad bets to good bets. Hey, you know, you're getting rid of things, 20 clicks, no orders. Now all of a sudden that money that you were spending can go towards things that do get orders. So you're improving ROAS too. Number three, Brent. Yeah, sure. So number three, uh, and totally agree, improve click-through rate. So I think of click-through rate as a leading indicator rather than a lagging indicator, right? When it comes to making assessments in your account. So you can sometimes look at a search term or keyword if it's you know somewhat uh, closed match and make an assessment. Is this a good a pick for us in this account for this product based on the click-through rate we're seeing? And you're also sending a signal to Amazon with click-through rate. So mm-hmm. higher the better, right? Yep. It would be the thinking. So when you're uh, uh, optimizing your, your efforts by adding these negatives, you're going to improve your click-through rate. So this yep. is a good leading indicator for, I think we're heading in the right direction here. Mm-hmm. Which ties into reason number four to add negatives. I firmly believe it boosts your account, keyword, campaign, ad group, all those things, quality score. Um, essentially, if Amazon could click their heels together, they would make all of their advertisers, they would make all the clicks on their platform paid clicks meaning they make money when people are clicking and they make money when people end up buying it. Um, so they'd get it on both ends. And you can see this. Um, I mean, they're literally, uh, they're sprinkling, they're decorating. I was going to say littering. Instead, I'm going to say decorating all of their pages <laughs> with more and more ads. This is the trend. This will continue right. getting that way. And decorating and redecorating. Yes. Because they're changing up the ad slots constantly right. where they show them. Yeah. So they want their users to click on ads because they make money. And they want users to, um, you know, not ignore them. So by serving ads with a low click-through rate, you know, ads that people just aren't clicking on, maybe it's not relevant for the search, that is a super negative signal because you're, we're, tra- we're being bad advertisers and we're training people to not click on our ads. So we should mm-hmm. have click-through rate in mind. Um, and a lot, of this re- a lot of this thinking does come from Google Ads because CTR is a major component uh, of their quality score algorithm uh, over on Facebook. Engaging with that ad is a major component uh, to performance. So serving ads that people engage with is key. And it is, uh, while Amazon hasn't explicitly said this, um, there's fairly common knowledge that you need to serve ads that people click on. Mm -hmm. Back to my point, by blocking searches that have a low click-through rate, you are improving your account's click-through rate, you are improving the keyword's click-through rate, you're just being a better advertiser. So big reason to add negatives. Next reason, Brent. Sure, this is one I like to call traffic police. So imagine you're a cop standing in the middle of the road and um, she's doing her job waving people left, waving people right, say, go here, go there, don't go there, oh wait, Mm -hmm. stop, don't run into that kid, they're going to school. (laughs) Uh, Essentially, the idea here is where can a search term appear that it belongs, right? Mm -hmm. So branded terms is the one example I gave earlier. We don't want branded terms leaking into our campaigns everywhere and messing up our total results and ending up, um, you know, draining spend in places where they like shouldn't be. We want to focus those down. And this also ties back in this, the idea of uh, search term isolation, mm-hmm. which is something I know you guys are big fans of mm-hmm. <laughs> here at AdBadger and we are too. This is like a best practice for sure. Um, so 
these negatives, it's not really about like, is it a bad click through rate uh, or is it even relevant? It's more like, where does it belong? Yep. So maybe you have a super relevant term, but it only belongs in a few places because we want to focus that data down. We want to control that spend. Uh, that is the idea behind this. I think this is probably one of like the least obvious uses of negatives um, and certainly one that we don't see in advanced use when we do audits. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty rarely do we see something like this. Mm -hmm. A good example it. I'll give might be colors. So, yep. so you have a blue and a yellow running shoe. Let's go back to those. And we don't really want people to be looking for blue shoes and end up at the yellow one, even if it's the same listing. We would much rather have them click on the product and see the ad that's aligned with what they want directly. And the idea here is like reducing friction. We're trying to get them as close as possible to the thing they will actually want to buy or, uh, or check out. Um, you know, as quickly as possible without additional steps, without additional them hunting and pecking around on their phone or, or their desktop. Absolutely. Next reason, relating back to uh, reducing wasted spend, where you're blocking things with like 30 clicks, 40 clicks, or 30 spend, 40 and spend without an order, uh, just straight up irrelevance, uh, blocking things that um, are, are, are purely irrelevant, um, where you're, you're, likely you're appearing for it and not getting clicks or potentially you are getting clicks for it but then uh, there may, there's maybe a misinterpretation or, or a difference in the search uh, a common one is like the word uh, bleach bleach is both a cleaning product but it's also a popular uh, anime i've read this i don't actually know <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's literally true i know people say like i've only heard i've literally only heard this example that Bleach was an anime. Anyway, I've talked about it way too long. I need to move on. Uh, the point is that it helps you block things that are irrelevant to your product um, so that you aren't sending, bidding on things that you are not relevant for, appearing for things you are not relevant for is definitely a negative signal. So this is definitely something you want to trim out. And in short, we have listed one, two, three, four, five, six reasons why negatives are good and why you should do it. So when you are trying to optimize a broad match keyword, not only should you do bid optimization and you should be bidding what the keyword is worth, not some arbitrary two cent bid, but you should also be optimizing those search terms and looking at what you're appearing for and adding those as negatives. So we have a whole bunch of reasons why you should add negatives. And their only reason to not add negatives is total speculation and not best practice. So hopefully now we have demonstrated without a shadow of a doubt <laughs> that you should be adding negative keywords and negative ASINs. Judge, jury, I rest my case. <laughs> I hope we put this one to bed. I hope we put this one to bed. I don't think there's anything else we can say. Negative keywords are perhaps one of the easiest ways to improve your campaigns. It is such low-hanging fruit. It is absolutely positively something you should do. Um, if you're doing this manually, I personally think it should be done weekly, if not more frequently. Uh, I'm a big fan of adding negatives. I think it's it's just so easy. I love the I I love it's a kind of thing where it's like you either a lot of people like would you rather uh, lose twenty dollars or 
win 50, like most people's emotions tie to like aversion to loss. So like they don't want to waste. They like hate the idea of like, damn it, I lost all this money as opposed to like that, that emotional spike is way higher than like, right. hey, I, I made, you know, a little more. Um, I'm definitely in the camp for, for better or for worse of like, I hate the idea of wasting money. Like, oh, I can't believe I was spending money on that. Oh, I can't believe I was getting impressions on that. So like the whole idea of wasting money, wasting impressions really grinds my gears. So I, I'm a big fan of negatives. And that relates to something I mentioned maybe before we started the recording, but this idea of if you take even 20, 30 minutes and do a deep dive on some of your search terms, you can save yourself so much money and that money can be better allocated towards terms that actually work. Mm -hmm. And so the minimal time investment, which can be reduced even further with good software, of course, Mm -hmm. um, is is what you're looking at here and and yeah it might be a bit of a pain in the butt maybe you have to do it more frequently if you just launched seven new campaigns at high spending uh but it's well worth the time investment Mm -hmm. that's money you're going to be able to keep in the business keep for yourself or just allocate towards better search terms and keywords boom that is it we've rested our case everyone out there do add negatives if nothing else don't be scared don't be scared (laughs) just because they're called negatives they're still positive uh, another amazing episode, Brent. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to the next one. Join Brett and I next week here on the PPC Den Podcast where you can get insight, tips, tricks, strategies, and friendly banter all to help you improve your Amazon advertising. Have a good one, and I will see you next time in the Badger Den. <laughs>